Good morning. It's time for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazer. I'm Dick Olson. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Dick. And, uh, well, the summer weather is here, definitely. Yeah. Got some warm temperatures out there. Yeah, and with it, the high school sports season is now history, Larry. It's now come to an end. We had the yeah. baseball and soccer, yeah. women's or girls' soccer uh, yeah. last week. Pretty good uh, baseball tournament. Uh, Regis uh, over Bangor, 12-3 to in the D4 final. Regis, you know, we knew they were probably the best in the West, but they really got a fine team this year. Yeah, so. and you look at the, uh, you know, the Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Association <laughs> had their all-state and the all-district team was a lot of Regis yeah. players. and a lot of those players are underclassmen, too. Yeah. Uh, Caden Weber, who's one of their top players, is only a junior. Okay. And then Xander Rocco, uh, who we know from football and a little bit from basketball, he's only a junior, too. And in the championship game against Bangor, he had a single, a double, and a triple in that game. That's pretty good out job there. So, I mean, not just uh, baseball for that guy. But no. Football's a sport, Yeah, and, and he's going to UMD, Duluth, for football yeah. after he graduates. So, so and, the, <laughs> and the same thing with Weber. You know, Weber is an all-conference football player, and he was a state qualifier at 182 in D2 in wrestling. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so. <laughs> Some good athletes. Yeah, you bet. So. Yeah, so Regis, uh, number one all year pretty much in mm-hmm. Division Four and uh, take the championship. Yeah. Interesting in Division One, where uh, all the higher seeds went out in the quarterfinals. Yeah, and he, in the final you had uh, uh, Milton, who was uh, seeded sixth against Bayport, who was the giant killer in the tournament up till the, uh, the title game where Milton took it to him 11-1, to but Bayport knocked out Sun Prairie opening day. One of the bigger upsets we've seen mm-hmm. in the in the state uh, Division One, any division tournament recently yeah. you know Sun Prairie was a defending champ and uh, number one for a good reason but uh, Bayport took it to him and then won the semifinal and got to the championship game where they lost to Milton pretty good but uh, yeah, that a never, heck of an effort. Never really uh, can tell when you get to those state tournaments no matter how high you're seated. Well that's the thing with computer seedings you know we, yes we don't know who they played or whoever who was healthy who were what you know yeah. uh, Bayport looks to me like Bayport probably had two real good pitchers, and and they went to it, and they didn't have anybody left for Milton. That's (laughs) (laughs) that's what happens sometimes. Yeah, and somebody gets hot. That's all it takes. So yeah, well, you took you took some hardware home in a way. Yes, that's right. They got silver. Yes. So Um, and then the other game in Division uh, was it Division Three? Saint Croix Falls did not allow a run all the way up until that Uh, championship. Yeah, they shut out a very good Kenosha Saint Joseph's team in the semifinals. But uh, Cuba City had their number in the finals, eight yeah. to four. But yeah. uh, another nice effort for uh, Saint Croix Falls, another fine D three school. So, and, uh, and then Division two, who do we have in Division two? Uh, Denmark beat Jefferson six to five. Jefferson um, had a walk off to beat Mozanie in the semifinals. So, and I think yeah. it was a walk off to win the championship. Yes, with Denmark too. Yes. Yep. So, lot pretty exciting baseball because you go back to the semifinals in D four with. Uh, Banger and Columbus, that was a yes. tremendous game, and yes. a couple others. So, very good state baseball tournament this year. So, yep, yep. So. And, uh, again, that wraps up the uh, the high school season uh, for this year. And, believe it or not, uh, on uh, Wednesday I was going through my football schedule just oh, to see good. What's, what's going on. <laughs> I'm glad you're planning ahead, Larry. So, But uh, not to get off the baseball, too, yes. but the Core Belt Eastern All-Conference yes. teams came out as soon as Columbus. We talked about Columbus was eliminated, but yep. – uh, uh, Bryce Erickson, uh, sophomore from Nielsville, first team all-conference. So, Deserve it. Yep, you bet. Uh, Bryce had a great year as a shortstop and a pitcher and then kind of the igniter in the leadoff yeah. position for the Warrior baseball team. So good job, Bryce. And then uh, Xander Hinker and uh, Fletcher Bredlow, two seniors who've been 
Played a lot of baseball yeah. for the Greenwood Indians, both first team. Uh, Deegan Sandelier, a senior from Loyal. Elliot Ackerman, a junior from Owen Withy. Reed Connect, a freshman from Spencer. I did not wow. see Spencer play this No, I year, did not either. But Reed was a freshman, and he made first team all-conference oh, wow. this year. So that's pretty impressive yeah. there. And then, then you had the quartet from uh, Columbus. Um, sophomores Blake Jacoby and Emmett Konitsky. And seniors Cole Timler and Brock Bennington. And uh, Timler and Konitsky were co-players of the year in the Eastern Cloverbelt. So, yeah, yeah. And deserve it there, too. Oh, I mean, man. Columbus had a great Timler year. is one of the better high school catchers I've seen in this area in a long time. So Yeah, so. he's uh, the, the last one I've seen that compares to him was uh, played for Aquinas back when Neil yes. lost to him that one yep. year. He yep. was he was yep. a very good very catcher. Very good. So, but just a uh, shout-out, Sam Hayes, another sophomore from Neilsville, second-team all-conference. Um, and Gunnar Barth, a freshman who played third base all season and batted cleanup for the Warriors, honorable mention all-conference. So, Great job for Gunnar Bart. So good things to come, I think, for that Nielsville. Yeah, baseball I think team. so too. You know, there's um, very you know they had two seniors who did a nice job this year, um, Molson and uh, Santana Subke. But then you know there was no juniors on the roster, so you're down to the sophomores and freshmen, and a lot of those guys got their feet wet. Um, to guys like mm-hmm. Gunnar Barth and Preston Berg, right, and then some other sophomores who hadn't seen other playing time also. And uh, there's going to be good things to come, but. Uh, it's going to be a battle with them in Columbus the next couple of years because Columbus is very young too. So, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. So good things to come. You hopefully bet. for uh, the baseball season. You bet. Um, you know, you have your "Where Are They Now?" Se- a segment uh, and kind of a "Where Are They Now?" that uh, we're going to be talking about here is uh, Derek Sakura, who is with the USA Wrestling, and I know you've talked about him mm-hmm. uh, helping uh, your grandson Gunnar yep. uh, Hoffman and getting some mm-hmm. tournaments, and he's helped a lot of youngsters mm-hmm. around this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some tournaments with USA Wrestling, but uh, he's coaching over at Laconia, Minnesota. He's helping coach over there, mm-hmm. and he's coaching a guy named Max McAnally, yep. who's going to be going to Rome <laughs> next month wrestling yep. in the World uh, Championships. And uh, our friend Gene Delisio had a chance to talk with uh, Derek Sakura, and, you know, I, I've never heard Derek talk that much. No, but it's, I said. It, it's nice, it's nice yeah. that he is. And uh, here's but all that. It's good to know he got something from his father, Joel. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> here's all that conversation went with uh, Gene and uh, Derek. One of the real good wrestlers we've had in central Wisconsin over the years is Derek Sakura, young man from Nielsville who won a state championship at 152 for Nielsville back in the 2001 wrestling championships. Then went to UW Eau Claire, won a national championship for the Blue Golds in 2006, and that year was named the WIAC Wrestler of the Year. Derek then went on to St. Cloud State University in Minnesota as an assistant wrestling coach in their program and since then has worked for Team USA Wrestling as the Membership and State Services Director. Derek is now based in Laconia, Minnesota, also helps out with his local high school wrestling program and has had some good success uh, teaching the sport of wrestling to some of the wrestlers in that program, including a young man named Max McAnally, who's going on to some national and international competition later this summer. We had the chance to visit with Derek Sakura and talk about his current job and what he's doing in wrestling, especially on the coaching level these days. My full-time job right now is I work for USA Wrestling, which we are the national governing body for amateur wrestling in the United States. So essentially we run tournaments from, you know, youth kids all the way through the guys that go to the Olympic, the Olympic games. Those are represented through, through our organization. So quite a wide variety of, 
of skill sets and, and athletes involved in that. Um, and then I also, the, the town that I live in, Waconia, Minnesota, which is just west southwest of Minneapolis, about 35 miles. Um, I just am a volunteer coach there helping out um, our program and then help out with some youth wrestling as my son is is nine years old right now, so he's starting to get involved more and more with wrestling. You've had a lot of influences in uh, your career, Derek, at Nielsville High School, UW-Eau Claire, and coaching on the college level after that. Tell us about some of the influences you've had which have kind of molded your your coaching philosophy. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously starting back in the day, um, I started wrestling when I was about in kindergarten, and, and Lee Moore, who was a pretty good wrestler at Nielsville, um, his mom was actually my babysitter um, and decided to take me to wrestling practice one day, and that's kind of how it all started. And then there was, uh, I mean, I've had a, a lot of great coaches. Rowan Opelt uh, was my middle school coach, and I still continue to talk to him to this day. Um, probably talk to him once or twice weekly still, just, uh, you know, kind of keeping in touch and, you know, just talking about life. And, um, and then Jack Hammond. Jack Hammond was a, a big influence as well, and you know he's had a lot of success. I know he's coached a lot of great athletes, and um, you know he's just a great person. So, you know, high school and, and being in Millsville was was a big impact in, in how kind of my life has gone so far. I would say, right, hard work, discipline, um, you know, just doing the right things is always instilled, you know, through those coaches, and um, I you know, carry that to this day and, you know, instill that in the athletes that I'm working with. Um, when I went to Eau Claire, Don Parker was was my wrestling coach there. And, uh, you know, he's he was very successful in college and ended up getting into a deer hunting accident and was in a wheelchair. So, you know, it's a little bit different coaching um, style for him because he wasn't able to, you know, be on the mat with us every day. But, you know, he was very knowledgeable about the sport and, you know, made you feel grateful that he would essentially give everything to, to be on the mat. So, you know, it's hard to feel sorry for yourself going into practice or right if you were sore a little bit, you always knew that he would, you know, give his, give his life to be on the mat one more day. So, um, yeah. And then uh, I transitioned from there. I got into college coaching um, and, and went up to St. Cloud State um, where I worked with Steve Costanzo was his name and I only worked there for about a year but Steve had a, a definite big big impact on you know my coaching philosophy and treating kids right and you know just doing the right things all the time um, so that was very beneficial I was also worked uh, with the Wisconsin national team coached our high school kids in the state of Wisconsin before I kind of transitioned into full-time coaching in college. So Mike Derone was a, a big influence, and I still, you know, consult with him to this day just about certain ideas and and run some philosophy stuff past him and skill stuff. So a lot of great resources. And the nice thing about wrestling is I think it, it always keeps you in touch with, you know, the people that have had a big influence on your life. Derek, can you talk about uh, these influences, how they've influenced you on coaching the mental aspect of the sport of wrestling, which I understand is a very key part of your sport? 
Yeah, I mean, I would, um, I would say the the mental aspect is probably the, the biggest thing, right? Is there's a lot of kids and athletes that are physically able to wrestle, um, but putting in the hard work and doing the work when nobody's watching, right? That's ultimately what makes you successful as an athlete, and um, you know, just not necessarily. Right, my coaching philosophy is not to to yell at kids or beat them down and tell them anything negative, you know, that pertains to, you know, not encouraging them to get better, right? Obviously, some feedback on what they can do better or do different is is always good, but, you know, my philosophy is, right, I've, I've never had a coach in my life that has yelled at me or consistently, you know, been negative with me. It's always been positive and encouragement, and, and that's, you know, ultimately, wrestling's not easy, and it, uh, to get a kid thinking negatively is, is something that I don't think is good in the sport of wrestling, and, you know, especially young kids, right, you always want to encourage them and be positive with them, so that's one thing that, you know, the mental aspect is, I think, what carries most kids to be successful, especially youth kids, and, you know, kids going carrying on in the sport of wrestling, whether it's college or whether it's the Olympic level. Derek, can you talk about uh, some of the uh, young men you're, you're, you're coaching right now? I understand some of them are having very good success, thanks to you and the other coaches uh, on that staff in Minnesota. Tell us about uh, some of the success you're having with these young men today. Yeah, so um, the, the high school that I help out at, Waconia High School, um, we have actually have a, a really good coaching staff, a bunch of former college wrestlers that are involved. Um, but we we had 10 state qualifiers last year. Um, we've made it to team state a couple of times. But we do have a, a standout athlete. His name's Max McAnally, who qualified to wrestle on the U-17 world team. Um, so we're actually out at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs right now um, for this whole week. He's doing training camp, and, and I'm just helping, you know, kind of facilitate that and help out with whatever I can. Um, but then at the end of July, he'll, we'll, we will uh, travel to Rome, and then he will wrestle in the World Championships. So hoping to bring back a world title, but he's, he's probably the most notable athlete at this point. I guess this underscores, uh, Derek, something that maybe a lot of listeners don't understand. That's the year-round commitment to this sport as an athlete and as a coach to be really strong at this sport. It really takes a 12-month commitment, doesn't it? Um, yes and no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a big advocate of, of kids playing, especially when they're younger. I'm a, a big advocate of kids, you know, playing multiple sports. I, I don't necessarily agree with kids that are, um, you know, if they just specialize at a, a really young age to just be a wrestler, right? I think when I grew up, you know, in Nilsville, we played every sport that we could and um, obviously making it to the, the world level and the, and the Olympic level is a little bit different commitment, but I think it, it helps shape you as an athlete and, and as a person in, in a whole, right? In, in wrestling, it's more of individual base where, you know, if you're playing football and baseball and, you know, track, I think it gets you more of that team aspect and, and kind of helps you get a break from wrestling as well. Wrestling is a sport that if you are doing it 12 months of the year, can can kind of drain you and get you get you a little bit burnt out um you know but 
obviously, <clears throat> you know, as you get towards your maybe end of your high school year and you you know that you're going to be wrestling in college or that's your future, then I think at that point, right, it can be become a 12-month commitment because now it's begin, become a, a lifestyle and, and something that you have to commit to almost every day just to get better and, and focus on, you know, what you need to do to be successful moving forward. So I would say there's there's a fine balance, and, and breaks are always a, a good thing too, right? Never just wrestling 12 months out of the year. And, and you can certainly do that at this point where, um, you know, there's enough tournaments and enough wrestling stuff going on that you could honestly wrestle 12 months a year, but it's always always good to take a break and rest. And, you know, I always tell kids, you, you're still in high school or you're still young, you, you need to be a kid. Go play with your friends and, you know, go, go be a kid. You can't just think about wrestling or think about sports all the time. Derek, can you tell us what the competition is like for a young man wrestling, say, where you are at the National Training Center or on the international level, going to Rome and seeing wrestlers from all around the world uh, in a bracket against you and uh, some of your wrestlers? Yeah, yeah. So the the camp out here in Colorado Springs, there's about uh, about 50 athletes um, that are high school age kids that essentially are the you know top 50 kids in the country. There's 10 of them that are here that are on the world team that are going to Rome, but um, a lot of them are you know nationally ranked and and very successful athletes so far in in high school and. Um, they're here training alongside each other, so it only makes them better. Um, some kids, you know, don't have partners or have um, athletes that are are there to push them every day. Um, so I think having having them all come together at one camp out here is is a good thing for them. And there's people out here that are coaching them that are Olympic gold medalists and world champions and and. Right, so they have a, a lot of knowledge to share with them and send them home with it to kind of to spread it within their wrestling team, which is really cool. Um, internationally, the the kids that wrestle at the World Championships, um, the U.S. has a little different process than every other country in the world. We we have a trials where you have to wrestle through a tournament, you have to prove that you're the best guy. Um, all the other countries, they don't necessarily have a trials process. They right, they. They have training centers. They still right do a lot of wrestling stuff, but essentially the, the country is is picking the best kid that they see fit to represent their country at the World Championships. So when you show up to the World Championships, obviously the, you're wrestling the best kid from that particular country, whether it be Russia, Iran, you know, um, all those different countries will be represented. You know, Derek, I do want to ask you what it feels like for you to be involved in wrestling at this stage of your life because you, of course, made a great commitment in high school and college to wrestle. And to be able to continue to be involved in this sport uh, many years later must be quite a thrill for you. What, what's it like for you to still be active and involved in your sport uh, at this part of your career? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and honestly, I would say the biggest benefit for me is it you know, keeps me in good shape. I... I um, you know, going to the wrestling room every day, and and I'm kind of encouraged to to stay active and and stay you know in shape. That way, I can help these kids perform to their best the best of their ability too. So, um, and it's I would say the biggest the biggest thing is it's rewarding when you see kids be successful and 
you know, it's if you have your handprint on them and, um, you know, you taught them something and they're successful with it, I think it, it's rewarding as a coach, right? You always want to see your athletes perform and, and accomplish their goals. And, and so I would say that's the biggest motivating factor for me is just seeing the athletes, you know, reach their goals, whether it's to, to make it to the state tournament, whether it's to win a state title or whether it's to win a world title, I would say just seeing them accomplish their goals and wrestle to the best of their ability and, you know, be successful in life um, is the is the biggest thing for me and, and something that I always try to instill in, in kids too, right, is, is wrestling is six or seven minute match where right, if you do the right things and, um, you know, you're successful, you're going to carry that forward in your life and be very successful in life and whatever you choose to do. So that's kind of you know, right. I was like I said earlier. That's been instilled in me by my coaches, and um, you know, middle school all the way through college, and the people that I still interact with today. Right, it's a common theme that people are successful in life because of the sport of wrestling, and um, you know, that's what I try to help kids do at this point. Thanks again for that, Gene. Uh, Derek talking about a lot of the guys that he's uh, that he's had help with coaching over the years. Uh, yeah. You know, he went all the way back to. His days with Lee Moore. Yep. He was in kindergarten yep. um, yeah. and Rowan Opel, Rowan Jack Opel. Hammond. Yeah, Rowan Opel was a, a big part of the middle school program mm-hmm. for a long time. And then, of course, Jack Hammond, you know, what can you say, you know, right. and then so. But, uh, you know, I, we're talking here about Derek, about wrestling, but Larry, I don't know if there's been a finer all-around athlete come out of Nilesville. Yeah, he was a, good. And, you know, that I can recall, and maybe there has, but you look at him in football, tremendous running back couple of state titles as a wrestler. Um, I, I still think he holds the 100 and 200-yard dashes in Nilesville. I'm not sure on that, but he's right up there. Yeah, so, so, yeah. But just a tremendous all-around athlete and an all-around good person, yeah, too. So. Yeah, nice guy. You bet. Derek Sakura there talking with yeah. uh, Gene Delisio. We wish him good luck over there in Rome. Again, that's July 30th uh, and 31st. Yeah. As long as we're talking about old uh, where are they now, Larry, okay. I, I came across one. Um, a couple months ago, we talked about Oliver Drake, a yes, Nilsville graduate, yes, yes. and he had, at that time, he had just gotten his 200th college coaching win. Yeah. He had started in Ashford University in Clinton, Iowa, and then moved to Midland University in Fremont. Uh, but uh, this spring, he resigned from Midland this spring, and last week it came up, he has been hired as the head basketball coach at D.C. Everest High School. Really? In Schofield. Wow, And he will also be a middle school physical education teacher so wow. making a trip back to wisconsin coming so. closer to home yep so and he is the second graduate from this area to be a head coach at dc everest Corey heckle a granton high school graduate served as head boys basketball coach at dc everest from 2008 to 2016 and head girls basketball coach at dc everest from 2004 to 2008 so so okay. they must like the central Wisconsin kids. So. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. What else we got going on? We got the College World Series going on in uh, baseball. Uh, and there again, there's some top seeds that are getting yeah, knocked you off bet. in that yeah. thing. Yep. That's uh, been a free-for-all out there. Yeah. So, getting but, a lot of uh, unseated teams yeah. that are you know, you trying get, to get into that final this weekend. Yeah, good hot weather and aluminum Oof. bats, and that ball is flying out <laughs> old ball right now. So. <laughs> You're the old ting of that yeah, aluminum you bat. Yeah. I know uh, some people wonder why they still use aluminum bats in college. I'm not. I, I don't know either. You know, yeah. you know these. You're getting to a step to the pros, and of course, 
any of these guys that are usually going to make the pros are playing in the summer in the Northwoods League and the right. Cape Cod League, which were wooden bat leagues. And yeah. So, and that's why those guys are playing out there too, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, you know, I just don't think you can judge a guy so good on aluminum bats, you know. So, and the way those guys hit, you know, you know, so, you know I yeah, I can I can understand I, I can understand in high school because of cost. Yeah. But I don't understand it in college. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah well, anyway. Uh, let's move on to Where Are They Now, uh, okay. the segment here today. This week's uh, Where Are They Now, Larry, I'm going to talk about Pam Ruder, who was a 1980 graduate of Marshall Columbus High School. She played four years of varsity volleyball for the Dons, honorable mention CWCC uh, conference as a junior and f- as first team as a senior. So, She played four years of varsity basketball for the Dons. Her sophomore year, the Dons were 15-4. and four. Her junior year, they were 17-6. and six. Pam uh, uh, led the Dons in scoring that year with 193 points and was second team all CWCC. Uh, her senior year, the Dons were 20-4. and four. Pam led the team in scoring that year with 333 points, was first team all CWCC and CWCC player of the year that year. Pam finished her Marshall Columbus career with 597 points, which ranks her 17th all-time in Marshall Columbus girls basketball history. After graduating in 1980, Pam enrolled at UW-Whitewater, where she played four years of varsity basketball, lettering three years. Her sophomore year, the Warhawks went 25-8, were WSUC champs, and made the NCAA Final Four, where they finished third. Uh, Her junior year, the uh, Whitewater went 19-5, won the WSUC, and qualified for the NCAA D3 tournament. Pam was an honorable mention all WSUC that season. In her senior year, the Warhawks went 17-11 and 11 and again earned another D3 tournament. Uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> Bid, excuse yeah, there me. There you go. Uh, Pam was second team WSUC that year. For her career at Whitewater, Pam ranks 31st all-time in scoring, 24th all-time in assists, and 17th all-time in rebounding. Pam graduated from UW-Whitewater in 1984 with a business education degree. In 1999, she was elected to the Whitewater, UW-Whitewater Athletic Hall of Fame. She began her coaching career from 1985 to 1987 at Prairie Duchene High School, and then from 19, 1988 to 1990 at Lodi High School. In 1991, Pam was hired as assistant women's basketball coach and assistant to the athletic director at UW Oshkosh. For five years, she served an assistant to head coach Kathy Bennett, who is, of course, the daughter of uh, Dick Bennett, the great uh, Green Bay and uh, uh, University of Wisconsin coach, and the sister of Tony Bennett, who is now the head coach at University of Virginia and the niece of uh, UW Point coach Jack Bennett. During that time span, the Titans went 138-25, and including the 1996 uh, NCAA D3 championship. In 1997, Pam became head coach of the Oshkosh program. In nine seasons as head coach, uh, the Titans were 203 wins, 46 losses, which is an 815 winning percentage, four WIAC titles, and four appearances in the NCAA D3 tournament. Pam was 1999 NCAA D3 Coach of the Year and 1998 WIAC Coach of the Year. Pam won at least 19 games in each of Pam's nine seasons as coach. Oshkosh won at least nine, 19 games in each of Pam's nine seasons as coach. Pam is currently the 10th winningest coach in WIAC history. She was elected to the UW uh, 
Oshkosh Athletic Hall of Fame in 2016. In 2005, she accepted the head coaching job at Southwestern University in Texas. In five seasons at Southwestern, her career record was 53 wins and 76 losses. In 2010, Pam returned to Oshkosh as a resource development director of the Oshkosh Area United Way, a position she held until 2017. Currently, she is executive director of the Greater Oshkosh Healthy Neighborhoods Incorporated. Pam and her spouse reside in Oshkosh today. So, Pam Ruder. Yeah, I heard that name, but I didn't realize she was a graduate of Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, she goes down as one of the all-time great coaches in, in uh, yeah, right. WIAC history. Yeah, so, yeah so, I remember uh, that name. Sure. You bet. Pam Ruder. Yeah. All right, uh, the NBA draft going on tonight in Brooklyn. And uh, the Orlando Magic, for the first time since 2004, have the number one pick. Yeah, and they selected Dwight Howard that year. Yeah, so. <laughs> we'll see what happens uh, this year. Uh, yeah. There are so, a few players that are on the list to be possibilities. Yeah, yeah, there seems to be four names that are really being bantered around. Uh, Paulo Banchero from Duke, Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, uh, Jabari Smith Jr. from Auburn, and Jaden Ivey from Purdue. Um, everything I read, they, they seem to think Jabari Smith mm -hmm. Jr., has is the safest pick. Yeah, you know. So, but I think they're they're looking at at Banchero has the most upside. So, I don't know. We'll you know, see. you know, I looked at some of these uh, NBA draft. Uh, uh, whatever you call them, mock drafts. Yes. A lot of these guys are freshmen in yes. college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga. When's the last? You know, usually when when I talk about Gonzaga, Larry, or we talk about Gonzaga. We talk about guys are seniors. They're, yeah. they're usually they go all four years at Gonzaga. Chad Holmgren is a freshman at Gonzaga. Yeah, so. yeah. Most of the guys that are going to yeah. be in the top yeah. picks are all freshmen in college. Yeah, so it's very young, yeah, very young class. And, you know, and Johnny Davis, of course, two years at Wisconsin. Yeah, and it's more than likely he's going to be in the top fifteen, which makes him a lottery pick. So, but uh, it'll be interesting. And of course, there's always a lot of wheeling and dealing at the yeah. NBA draft. Yeah. Uh, you really don't know till the smoke clears on Friday who's actually going where. So, and then, you know, it's not it's not like the NFL draft where you always got that. Yep, that's the guy that's going to go. Yeah, yeah, no, well, no, there there is really a lot of variables in the yeah. NBA. It is totally different than the MLB amateur draft, and totally different from the uh, NFL. NFL draft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, Ram Ron Graham Gronkowski retired, retired again. Yep, again. So. Well, maybe. Second time. So. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So, Who can get him back yeah. out? Um, another NFL note, uh, Larry, uh, Tony Saragusa, who was a member of the 2001 uh, Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl team and then, a, I thought, a very popular Fox commentator. He worked with uh, Kenny Albert and Moose Johnson. He oh, worked sure, on the sure. field, yep. and he would always stand in the end zone behind yep. the end zone. But anyway, uh, Tony, who was 6'3", 340, passed away uh, oh. yesterday, 55 years old. Really? So, yeah. So. Oh. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, but I, I always that was an announcing team I really enjoyed listening to. Moose Johnson, of course, is very good. Yeah, but Tony Siragusa had a very unique way too. So. Yeah, yeah, so. he was always uh, always <laughs> had his little uh, spin on things, especially right, yeah. down on the sideline. Like you that. bet. So. And being an ex player, yeah, you know, it, it helps. It helps. So uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's going to go in the booth of yeah. the Amazon Prime Video team. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, not in the booth. He's going to be on the. Uh, Pre-game, halftime, right. and post-game yeah. coverage. Yeah, the booth is going to be Al Michaels and Kurt Herbstreet, I yeah. believe. So, yeah. so, and I, um, R Richard Sherman is going to be on that pre-game show also, yes. I believe. And so. Tony Gonzalez. Yep. So, um, Amazon Prime Video. That's going to 
be interesting. I don't yeah. know. I, don't, I, I hope to. Do the Packers play a Thursday night game? I think so. I do think so. It's, well, there's one I'm going to have to listen on the radio. I guess so. Got to go go back to Wayne Leverby. And the, yeah, yeah. And then The Rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I got Amazon Prime Video. No, and I don't think I'm going to get it either, Larry. Just one game. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else we got going on? Anything else? Um, uh, Packers got uh, training camp coming up right. very shortly. Yep. Well, end so, of next month, I guess. They yeah. got done with OTAs. Yeah, yeah. And the Brewers, uh, of course, the big news last week was Lorenzo Cain designated for assignment. But it was it was the day he reached 10 full years in the majors, so he, you know, all whatever benefits he's, no. perf- you know. But And it sounds like both sides in mutual agreement. So, because, uh, you just, know. He, just he, didn't have it anymore. No, he came in, Larry, at 32 uh, on a five-year deal with the Brewers. The first year he had 308, 10 home runs, 38 RBIs, 30 steals. But, uh. And the second year was 260, you know, 11 and 48, 18 steals. He opted out in 2020, and I think that he never really came back mm-hmm. the way he was. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, he opted out at 34, come back at 35. Injuries started mounting up. He only played 78 games in 2021. And then and then this year uh, he's been in 43 games. He's hitting 179. Yeah. So. Well, so, nobody's really doing very well. No, he's right, right up there with the rest of the team. <laughs> but uh, – It'll be interesting, you know. I, I honestly think I don't. I think he'll retire, but I think what he'll do is he'll go to Kansas City and sign for a day and retire as a Royal. I think he will too. He, you know, he started as a Brewer, finished as a Brewer, but he made his name in Kansas City. Yeah. You know, and in their two World Series teams in fourteen and fifteen. So, yeah. And yeah. that's where he made it, and I think he'll retire as a Royal. So. And I don't think anybody would have any no beef they should, over that. Yeah, and, but he did a great job with the Brewers. You know, he was he was a team leader. There's no doubt about it. But. Uh, Every everything has to come to an end. So yeah, so yeah, that's too bad. But. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal are the top seeds at Wimbledon for the men. Surprised. <laughs> well, mainly because the uh, top two seeds, one of yeah. them is a uh, Russian player, okay. Alexa- uh, Daniel Med- yeah. Medvedev, and then Alexander Svevrev yeah. is injured. So yeah, and then Serena Williams got like a wild card. Yeah, she so is going to play. She is going to yeah. play. So. Yep. So that should be good. So Iga uh, Sviantek of Poland will be the top seed for the uh, women. Yep. Wimbledon already starts on Monday. Yeah, it starts usually starts yeah the, right before the fourth because yeah. It, yeah it goes through the fourth and then it ends the week after the fourth. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So but, hard to believe that's already coming up. Yeah, and then well last weekend was the U.S. Open. Matt Matt Fitzpatrick two under final, winning with six under, uh, beating uh, Will Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler by one stroke. But uh, And he won that on the same course that he won the amateur Yes, title. he did. <laughs> in 2013. Yeah, Brookline, you yeah. bet. So, yeah. so pretty good. So uh, They got the big rock, rock bouncer uh, yeah. tough truck coming should over be, here. Should be a good show. Fairgrounds good this show. Saturday. Yeah, if you're not doing anything, get up there. and uh, It is a good show to watch. It's I see fun. they got the track all. I see they're all ready to go. All so. those bumps and stuff are <laughs> all. Said, Last year, you know, they had rain during it, and they're hoping it don't rain this year. So, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it sounds it, like it, it's not going to. It is fun to watch. Those are some amazing vehicles yeah, to watch. So, yeah, and so. I'm going to have Dylan Schultz in here on our sister station, 107.5 okay. The Rock, Friday morning okay. from 7 to 10. So if you want to yeah. hear uh, from him, he'll talk about yeah. it. I think he'll have he, – I know last year, one of the years, he brought one of those rock bouncers yeah. up here. I remember one year um, – Had it on display. Yeah, and they one year it was right around Heritage Days. 
and or was we, they they all drove them through the Heritage Parade. Oh sure, yeah, one year. That's right. Yeah, Dylan Schultz and Jeremiah Strauss and a couple yeah. other guys, yeah. local guys. So, but uh, yeah, they they go around and they have fun with. They have things. a circuit, and yeah. it, like I said, it is fun to watch. It's yeah. you know, it's for years that was the mud bog weekend, but now this, this rock bouncer is something new, and it's fun to watch. I so, think so yeah. Uh, hopefully, they have a big crowd. So you bet. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for uh, this week. Two guys on sports. I'm Larry Hazel. I'm Dick Olson. We'll talk to you again next week.